and uh, Cambridge has a very vibrant drag community there. Like they had, <laughs> yeah. uh, they had, uh, I want to say, fortnightly drag shows called mm-hmm. Drag Time, mm-hmm. and I mean they were just amazing. Like mm-hmm. to me, um, and it's it's always fun to take someone. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's fun or mean but uh, mm-hmm. it's always fun to take someone who has no idea yeah. or drag is to a drag show mm-hmm. and then just watch their face as the <laughs> acts happen um yeah because you know um they, there's not really a format so mm. anything can happen Indeed. and uh, my favorite uh, uh uh sketch was uh this drag king used to come and he he used to come as dressed as a butler <laughs> uh, and uh, then they have this plate <laughs> of uh, i don't know what it was talcum powder or whatever and it was like supposed to be cocaine <laughs> and they'd start off into a monologue <laughs> and they dip their head into that bowl <laughs> and then their tone would change <laughs> and then it would be that and then they dip their head in the bowl again and then their tone yeah. would change and it was just 5 minutes of that and it's the most entertaining thing <laughs> i'd ever seen so and that's what i was coming from and uh, we were also a lot of podcasts happened there and then we were like let's you know let's do something here we started this mm-hmm. and i think right about then was when i was got aware of your online presence sometime in 2019 mm-hmm. um you used to do a lot of uh, even before you used to do a lot of classical semi classical mm-hmm. type dances mm-hmm. um and i think saurav used to play tabla so i think it had happened at some venue like you were getting off stage and then he was going or something like that had mm-hmm. happened so he was also aware and stuff if he was here uh, he would uh, tell you more about <laughs> it but <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah we've basically just to say that we've really wanted to uh, talk to you uh, for a long time i know i speak for saurav as well <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah so uh, welcome to the hyderabad hiccup patroni thank you so much for uh, inviting me and this is uh, something which i'm doing for the very first time but i'm really liking it so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm so glad and um uh for those uh, who don't know uh you know patroni is hyderabad's very own uh, uh yeah uh, i i haven't read enough history to say the first mm-hmm. um but uh he's our very own uh drag queen he's mm-hmm. uh, performs uh, lgbtq outreach education uh and uh, if you follow him on instagram lots of great makeup tips <laughs> can be learnt man i am that's just one thing that i i've never gotten through mm-hmm. i almost blinded myself once uh, trying to apply uh, i don't know if it was eyeliner or mascara but <laughs> i was like that was the last time mm-hmm. i've ever touched makeup um but thank you for coming on the podcast patroni and um so uh, how's it so how i want to really what i want to really want to do is kind of like chart out mm-hmm. like your journey because mm-hmm. um i know you started out sometime in 2019 mm-hmm. and you're prolific so it seems like you've been here forever <laughs> because the amount of events that you've done right mm-hmm. uh, even like before the third wave there was the the bypan queer fest mm-hmm. uh, at um terrasen mm-hmm. right um and like you've been doing stand up now <laughs> which was yesterday <laughs> so um how how has it been uh, you know uh, starting what is for most hyderabadis a very unconventional unconventional art form mm-hmm. um and how has it been over these 3 years has it gotten easier or uh, how has it been like uh, this journey so far 
Yeah, so uh, it was a kind of a really, uh, a little bit of a funny story, if I could say, because um, I never want to do drag in the very first place. Uh, you know, I, I thought like it's it's too much of expensive thing or too much of burden, too much of, you know, like uh, uh, too much of investment <laughs> in the very first place. Having said that, um, yeah, I was doing classical dance like before 2014 is when I came to Hyderabad, uh, basically from Kharagpur, which is in West Bengal. And I have a mixed uh, you know, bringing like I'm a Telugu person settled over there uh, for, uh, you know, around since my birth. So it's always, uh, you know, a mixed culture of Bengali as well as Telugu, which I kind of grew up. I came back to Hyderabad for a job. I got my job. My first job was a uh, really kind of a, a harder. Uh, so I kind of had to leave it and then do another job. So when I got a stable job, that's when I started doing uh, the other things like came into dance and performing. Um, for the first uh, three years, I was... Uh, kind of doing uh, regular dance performances like you know classical dance sometimes doing an experimental dance and so on and so forth and this dance took me to Bangalore and uh, I saw drag live drag performance there before that I understood the concept of it but uh, I want I haven't seen a drag queen coming ahead and performing there were two drag queens who were performing at the event one was really sweet really calm really kind of you know when you see that particular performer you'll feel like oh there is an angel coming ahead and that is what the drag people should do it's like so loving and caring and all the other form was something which is like so much of uh, you know roasting each and everybody who whomsoever is walking and that was kind of really terrific so I, I couldn't make a decision what to choose because um, you know firstly I, I don't have that much of money to invest uh, and um, I don't kind of get the idea of beauty which they kind of show in so those were a little bit of differences but when I came back to Hyderabad in the very two months uh, we were all sitting in a you know normal uh, you know I think setup where all of us are having chai and uh, one of the person said like you know we have everything in Hyderabad apart from a drag queen so I think it's really important to you know bring this culture so I said like see I can I can train somebody but I can't do myself so um and then we we were kind of figuring out, okay, who will do drag? So I used to call each and every queer friend of mine telling that, you know, oh, do you want to perform drag? Will you perform drag and all? One person was really irritated with these constant questions. They came back to me like, if you can't do it yourself, you should not ask anybody else to do. So uh, that was a point in time when I realized, why am I not doing it? And uh, that's when I kind of realized, you know, this is a good time to start something new or start, you know, recreate something of my own. Um that's the very time I researched about drag. I understood what exactly it means and uh, how many types of drags are there in, in the world. Um, and I found something which was related to my thought process or my idea of, uh, you know, being a human being in the very first place. So um, then I decided, okay, let's do a drag show. And, uh, you know, it was uh, 2019. Um, just before uh, you know june uh, the pride month just pride kicked month. up yeah okay. it just kicked uh, and um, i was actually going ahead to people uh, you know spaces to kind of ask like i want to do drag i couldn't give them a template because uh, you know there was there was no videos there was no content i haven't done it before and uh, sometimes people didn't get my idea as well uh, however there was one cafe which was called as nirvana you know nirvana cafe nirvana bistro so yeah, uh, yeah. that cafe was uh, kind of open at that point in time and uh, you know i was discussing this with uh, fellow person in, in the same cafe where the owner overheard Shravani kind of overheard and uh, she came back and said like you know why can't you do it over here um, even Shravani didn't had an idea of what drag was like you know she thought it's a dancing event so uh, that happened I said um, you know I tried to kind of explain it to her for a while and then said like you know you, you just go and do it I just want to see it whatever you are creating I you know I believe in that we ex we, we, we decided to do the drag event on Thursday 
and the event was on sunday like we had four days in between uh, and as a counter of uh, going ahead and promoting we just had one queer event which was happening a day before so uh, we thought like you know we'll update the posters we'll kind of you know publicize it and then on the on the previous day event we'll go and announce that you know there's an event which is happening uh, and we took tallies of people how many people are coming so as per my calculation there were 21 people and uh, you know it should not be more than that 21 as in my friends five and the other performers friends five so on and so forth so we were three drag queens who wanted to kind of do it together so uh, we we did that we prepared for the event and we just the evening we started um, like i dressed up and in a you know we, we put a curtain there with the sari and we were dressing up on the other side as i came uh from that space uh, when i when i came into the kind of a uh, main room i could see that uh, you, the spaces the sitting spaces were full and people started kind of occupying the space which was also there at the serving table like uh, you know it was like fully kind of crowded uh, as in when the day started like before the performance itself the house was full people were outside those glass doors kind of looking into what exactly is happening and that was the time i realized okay uh this is the very first event and this is what i'm kind of getting why can't i kind of do it for a long time and i started doing i did performance over there there were total 500 people uh, of an estimate which kind of came in on that particular day uh, since then i started doing curating drag events in nirvana uh, cafe until it was there or until it was up uh, post that um, i thought like you know i need to change the uh, the vision of what i see as drag so that's when i, I started becoming a little bit goofy and uh, you know kind of be- becoming my cranky characters out of uh, you know my drag and that's how the the journey started um now it's like uh, i don't want to give it up <laughs> like uh, it's just going uh, with me and i am not kind of uh, thinking any time soon to kind of stop it and you know start something else yeah that's very interesting and uh, it's you know i've never been to an event where you've performed where there have been empty seats uh because <laughs> all of them were taken uh, very early like uh, even the even the one event at Terrasen um in i think it was in september uh, somewhere sometime around then uh the bypan fest uh and that place was i've never seen that many people uh at the in the Terrasen uh, outdoors ever like that place was full mm-hmm. but yeah there's definitely seems to be um an audience for it right mm. which which shows up um and has that been your like general experience like whenever you do shows uh, as long as you know so, uh, or the venue is kind of like a little accommodating mm-hmm. um uh, do you do you find that you you always get an audience for your shows is that been your experience or is it just me that i whenever i come it's full <laughs> like i don't know i i think uh, it's uh, it's depends on the situation uh, as well as uh, the intent of the event like for example um, there are some events which i curated uh, like by pan fest it never happened before in hyderabad yeah, yeah. so uh, i never know that there were so many by and pan people in hyderabad in the very first place so that was uh, like i kind of an eye opener for me uh, whereas there are other events which i kind of de- i did one event which was called as uh, drag karnataka which was basically a karnatic music plus drag uh together so uh, there we had around uh, more than uh, you know 100 people initially it was the second right. event after the 500 people so the number kind of decreased but still we got a space like we got the space full there were some situations if i kind of trying to experiment with the location 
like you know right. if i'm if i'm putting it a little bit far away uh, from the uh, you know city or from from the regular hub of uh, you know like how hyderabad lives in uh, those are sometimes where we don't get the accurate number of people but usually what happens is like when we are kind of collaborating with a couple of uh, you know i believe I, i my shows are not intent to kind of bring only the queer audience and i think uh, my intent to bring uh, you know all audience like irrespective of sexuality and gender is something which kinds of makes me like if i'm saying that it's open for all or if i'm kind of barging into a straight space and say that okay i'm performing this that's when i get love uh, however if i am just concentrating on okay i need to get my queer people first that that doesn't kind of work for me so i think uh, um that was the you know earlier lessons which i got and since then i always implemented it uh, as a part of uh, you know my my journey like if i am performing i would ensure that there are a couple of more people performing with me uh, so that you know we have a wide range of things it's not always me kind of going and showing up my face people would be bored uh, so <laughs> i think that was a, a a plan and then the mix was also like you know i always barge into straight spaces to ensure that uh, the uh, my purpose of art is being seen by them and uh, they understand it and they kind of support it yeah that's uh, that's interesting and um, i like how you said um, you know you try to curate uh, different kinds of events as well because i remember i think it was in uh, 20 i want to say 2019 i don't know which year it was mm-hmm. but on uh, world aids day you'd gone to a bus station i think yeah. <laughs> and you had done a a performance there mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that was just at the time i was like this is brilliant right like yeah. at the bus station you're getting a whole different mm-hmm. uh, uh class of audience mm. right who probably would never you know pay 200 bucks for a for a drag show somewhere mm-hmm. but now they get to see it so they're exposed yeah. and i thought that was a brilliant thing to do um and now you're doing stand up right? i'm i'm going to you know skipping forward <laughs> 3 years in time uh, now you're also doing stand up how is uh, how has that been you had your did you do your first open mic yesterday yeah so i just had one open mic uh, where i kind of went ahead and performed stand up and uh, why i'm doing stand up is because uh, you know i have seen a lot of drag queens kind of try multiple arts is just not like not one particular discipline and uh, it also helps a drag artist to evolve you know i think everybody is a comic but just that uh, they need to uh, see what exactly is the nerve which they are bringing into it and uh, also uh, when i wanted to start comedy i was like if i'm doing comedy i will do it in my drag i will not do it outside of it because uh, as patroni is not that much of funny person as sasses so i think that there is a two different versions of it and when i thought of doing it it was actually um, you know uh, um, there was an open mic uh, poster which was been there and i just barged into uh, you know the person because i performed with them before i said like i want to do comedy and uh, you know shreya the owner of nrb right. uh, so she was like you know she's already crazy like uh, she thinks that i do everything <laughs> and then when i said i will go and do comedy and she's like are you kidding me this is more comic than that this is the biggest joke which i could ever listen and uh, after that she kind of opened up she said like you know why should you know you should go ahead and try it let's see how exactly you know um, it will happen the best part of drag is like you know it gives uh, it's not only the verbal comedy but it's also the visual comedy which we can do with drag and i think that is the selling point uh, that is what you know sometimes helps but i i'm just talking with one one experience of being a stand up com- comic i haven't faced any kind of boost so far so i think i'm yet to taste that <laughs> and make a decision out of it yeah no and you should uh, definitely do it i know um 
you know it it's op- obviously doesn't happen too much in india uh, but i think uh, well their twitter handle is queernari i think yeah. their name is rituchri uh, i just see them on twitter so i kind of forget the real name but they've been doing uh, open mics and they have an r Uh, mm-hmm. and they're based in bombay mm-hmm. um but it's it's great that you're trying it and like uh, i i i wouldn't um, you know x x factor i wouldn't wouldn't expect uh, that you know uh, why wouldn't you do it because you <laughs> have such a different set of experiences mm-hmm. right and if you have different experiences you have interesting stories and yeah. if you have interesting stories some of them are going to be funny yeah um and yeah like uh, <laughs> you know more content is better content so yeah. well i'm glad you do it i i i hope you keep doing it uh because we definitely need more people on the scene in fact uh, i think uh, it was international women's day and we were observing that on the hyderabad comic scene people who actively do comedy um even over the last say five year six year period i think there've only been like four women or five women who've mm-hmm. done it consistently mm-hmm. right now uh one of them doesn't do it anymore one mm-hmm. of them has gone to delhi so mm-hmm. now there are literally two women <laughs> who actively do comedy uh through the week um as in like not professionally but consistently mm-hmm. in that sense so yeah like uh we are still kind of uh, <laughs> going uh, it's it's not a quite a spectrum there we're still mm-hmm. trying trying to uh, get the binary mm-hmm. right now it's just almost uh, completely male but um yeah i'm i'm so glad that you're doing it i hope you keep doing it um comedy is often uh, very uh, excluding you know it's uh, the exact opposite uh, mm. <laughs> of what a what a nice uh, queer event would feel like if you go into yeah. stand up sometimes but some are nice as well so i hope you find all the nice rooms and you do it but but tell me like you you know you've you've performed in 2019 and you've mm-hmm. also uh hopefully you know now performed in 2022 as well mm-hmm. and we'll keep performing because there's no fourth wave that's going to come <laughs> um so how do you think the is th- times have changed like is approaching a venue and convincing them easier was it always easy but has mm-hmm. it become easier has it become harder um in terms of audience do you find that they are more uh willing to come and try out um you know if that it's a ticketed event for example uh, will they buy are they more willing to buy tickets mm-hmm. how do you think that that has changed i think firstly uh, you know they are listening which was not the case uh, you know before like uh, before uh, the time when we kind of majorly uh, you know when i started drag or even before that uh, people were not that much listening like the venue partners or the venues are not somebody who wants to incorporate uh, you know the idea of inclusion in the very first place we just had three three spaces one was lama khan which was kind of over flooded yeah. with queer events every now and then and then one was phoenix arena which is also a, a space which was given to us on a lot of times and then this uh, you know the, the the cafes system started or you know like nirvana was one of the cafes which kind of opened up and then we got uh, terasan and then we got arumale so uh, i think uh, the chain uh, you know like what i did majorly was i never asked a permission for an, for a venue like if there was an open mic i would dress up in drag and i would show it up over there so um, after seeing my craft or after seeing whatever i'm kind of bringing to the table that's when uh, they were convinced of you know kind of going and putting it forward i'll put it in that way having said that there are two problems which are majorly um, both an artistic problem as well as a problem for the venues which we can see it um, queer events uh, majorly uh, if you are putting a ticket 
you know there is always a situation like we might not be able to bring all kinds of audience because somebody might directly come from a student's uh, you know spaces somebody might be coming from some other spaces so it's, it's, it's it was always a challenge for us to put tickets like we did try to have tickets uh, for a couple of events and we utterly failed because uh, you know it, it's always um, i think the access of going into an event kind of gets down when i'm putting a ticket especially with the queer uh, you know uh, uh, queer kind of a, a setup or queer conversations if you are doing um, and that becomes a little bit of a problem uh, in going ahead and either paying for the space or giving a profit for the space because both of them are really important a space has to thrive and uh, for them they need to get a profit out of an event as well as an artist we need to get the audience as well so uh, these are some of the parities where it's still a little bit difficult to kind of uh, uh, you know give uh, a kind of uh, you know a, a pointed figure okay this is what you'll get out of a benefit which is which is uh, for drag it's it's really kind of a clumsy number we can't give you a direct uh, notation that okay this is what this many people will bring this much of sales would happen on the food um, and that's where i think uh, there's a little bit of a gap having said that uh, there are few people or there are few venues who try out uh, who kind of you know when they when they back up with their products or when they back up with their own menu and uh, when they kind of open the door and say that you perform drag and we we don't have a problem with how many people you are getting those are the venues which get magic like uh, you know terrasan for example we we didn't had this tie of okay we'll get this many food or you know we'll get this much nothing so i went there they said yes so we just went and did the event and automatically organically people came because the food was something which was trustable as well as the art which was something which which kind of added up uh, to the space so this is these are the i would say these are the um, you know backdrops of thinking what what we have to do and it's it's exhausting as a curator as well like when you have to curate an event uh, it's it's too much of pressure for us to kind of understand okay how many people will come and not so uh, i took a little bit of a gap from curation i said like you know let me take a back seat for now uh, let me understand stand where i'm kind of putting in but i think now they are open to kind of have a conversation like i still remember aromale in 2020 kind of called me to ask uh, to do an event on queer uh, you know love stories which was uh, you know which was kind of different and we also barged into spaces which people could never think like for example i performed dragon shilpa ramam which was <laughs> which which they could never kind of imagine you know like uh, it's, it's just like barging into spaces and then telling the art or telling the storytelling whatever we do and then tell giving the trust that you know this is what we are trying to do and this is you will not land up in uh, you know in in any kind of a problem because of our art because by the end of the day, they are also artists they are also creating that space for everybody i think that understanding need to be there and uh, so far it's open we are able to like as an individual i can walk up to any venue and i can say that you know i want to create an event i can explain them that you know i want to do drag and then we can have a discussion they're open for drag events but just the um, the the idea of how much which we are contributing to the space is something which is still a kind of a murky situation where both i as well as the uh, you know the venues have to decide where exactly we are falling apart yeah yeah that's interesting i mean i'm also thinking you know in terms of just you being able to perform obviously you said hmm. kind of barge and show yeah. them the thing and then they're convinced yeah. uh, which is admirable but i'm also you know wondering like i mean because you are you know very well dressed when you mm. perform mm. so in terms of like outfit and makeup and stuff like 
you know does it does it kind of limit the kind of venues that you can go to like na- i mean you told me you performed at shilparama which makes me think not really uh <laughs> because uh, <laughs> shilparama is like pretty bare right like mm-hmm. in terms of i mean it's a very nice place but mm-hmm. um so is there like are there like certain venues that are better to just perform uh, and stuff or does it not really matter what what do you think so uh I, you know i think it it's not because of what we kind of wear to be honest i am named as a shabbiers drag queen of india just because of whatever i pre- you know present my drag having said that um when i kind of go and perform the, the first thing is i want to know at least i need to know that okay there are certain people whom you kind of know in person so that if anything kind of happens at any point you know there are people who kind of surround you or kind of help you so that is really important uh, and um, i also kind of give them a little bit of an understanding what exactly i'm trying to do because um, i know there are a lot of uh, spaces where they won't allow a trans woman to step in in the very first place and uh, you know leave about drag queens because we are so loud enough that that uh, you know even uh, their walls would not kind of hold us so i think uh, there were some spaces like that as well um, having said that what i see in in a you know in a space is uh, the openness the 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 conversations which they make and uh, i just go with with that like you know if i know that okay this is a space this is this is somebody who's curating it or this is somebody who's there for me a friend yeah. of mine doing certain thing uh, i hold on to them and i kind of do the experiment but uh, there was one situation where i kind of landed up in really great trouble uh, because uh, i walked into a uh, you know an event which was uh, at a basement of a building and it was a new year and they were like you know like it was a new year party there was the, the crowd was really kind of a cheese uh, and uh, it was difficult for kind of walking out of that space but having said that it uh, you know that was a lesson like you know you need to at least hold on to a couple of people when you are performing uh, so that uh, you know they take the onus of uh, your safety and safety is really important uh, in 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 performing industry especially for drag queens uh, when uh, there are you know there are situations where you know people can kind of get attacked uh, or there, there might be situations where uh, you know there, there are some kind of other troubles which have been invited so i think um, i hold on to those uh, you know people around me and i know that okay they can i trust them so that they can take care of me and I, my trusts are always kind of perfect <laughs> yeah oh my god i uh, i can't imagine drunk new drunk people on new york's parties are the worst <laughs> it's uh, it's bring your own bouncer mm. at those parties yeah. like uh, yeah yeah oh my god um that's that's interesting to know but i i want to go back to something you said uh, uh you talked about being the shabbiest uh, drag queen in india mm-hmm. uh, but you have talked about very actively about having an anti aesthetic mm. movement could you could you talk more about that like is because obviously you put in a lot of effort yeah. <laughs> right shabby or not so yeah. um could you tell us more about the philosophy about that and why you choose that so i think uh, you know like uh, i i think i was born beautiful and if I, if i need to kind of do drag Uh, again to kind of embrace the idea of beauty is bullshit for me because uh, i don't think that uh, anything can make me beautiful apart from my own self in my own skin having said that there are uh, situations where we kind of see beauty in a really kind of a templated shakespearean romanticized way of you know seeing it like everything which is beautiful is is taken the first stand and everything which is not beautiful is taken on the other stand so the duality of it is something which is kind of uh, you know mesmerizing because and uh, my inclination towards anti beauty started when i was kind of even looking into classical dance industry like they were uh, you know always you need to be godly and you need to kind of put this entire makeup and do performance and all you know 
a certain kind of a complexion is something given a first space you know you should not be fat you should not be thin all these kinds of things are coming up as a part of a art form which was so kind of uh, redundant for me because uh, you know i as a performing body was uh, really kind of uh, getting those like some p- person will come and say why don't you shave your uh, you know beard and kind of do it so and so on and so forth so i thought like you know let's not uh, let's not give the beauty picture like let's not let, let my drag not give you uh, how a beautiful angel would look like but let my drag give you something which is like uh, an altered idea of beauty or anti beauty big uh, eyebrows not non equal eyebrows or you know a, a kind of a botched lips so those are some of the aesthetics which i kind of chosen sometimes i also kind of use uh, regular materials like you know a multiple masks or sometimes uh, a, a pantyhose and then kind of yeah. doing a makeup onto it uh, sometimes even kind of uh, you know changing the way how a, a person would look like so those were some of the aesthetics which i wanted uh, indian drag queens there are some who use sari as a kind of a wear but uh, other thing that you know it's uh, it makes them behenjis or uh, you know matajis which is <laughs> which is a kind of a bad notion but I, i thought like you know sarees are abundant in my family because my mom has a lot of sarees and uh, sarees are something which is always available so i thought like why can't why should i invest in dresses because i get something which is quite free in my own house so that's how sari became my template uh, and uh, this this form of anti beauty or this form of overt clownish uh, you know representation uh, of uh, of a person kind of brings a duality of whether this person is a man or whether this person is a woman or what what exactly it is i don't want to project and tell them okay women should look like this this is the idea of beauty because uh, there are already a lot of things which are being told and uh, you know i think uh, the definition of it has to change so hence uh, i deliberately choose to be a little bit more shabbier and uh, you know shabby is the new beauty i think so that helps me in uh, you know putting my uh, perspective of uh, beauty in a far more different way yeah and uh, that's interesting uh, and uh, obviously like you know whenever someone looks at your photos and if you haven't you should go to patrani's uh, 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 instagram and there are amazing photo shoots that he has there um but yeah it's it's a it's an interesting aesthetic and just just to tag on to what you said you don't want to like you know classify as one or the other and um, i was uh, trying to you know recently in stand up also they've tried to have women only open mics and i was mm-hmm. like don't make it women make it women slash non binary open mm-hmm. mics and uh, they're like what is non binary and it's just uh so hard to explain but i was saying um, now with media like uh, i can just show them or oh, watch this tv show called euphoria watch mm-hmm. all the episodes <laughs> you know what i mean you know like it's just because it's often so hard to kind of explain that you know make it women slash non binary because there mm-hmm. are non binary people in india as well mm-hmm. and if you you know have open mics for them they will come like mm, yeah. um but it is interesting uh, on the anti aesthetic uh, movement that you said um but also just uh, in terms of uh, you know and i, I briefly mentioned this before we started the podcast mm-hmm. like your because i've been seeing your instagram on and off for a couple of years now your makeup game has really become really good so <laughs> have you like is that a skill that you've developed or you know how has that been because that's something i just don't understand at all like uh, you know i've tried and failed horribly at it so how is that 
so uh, this is um, you know like uh, i think uh, i i really suck at makeup still now having said that uh, i think covid helped me a lot because i see you know the drag culture of india or drag queens who are performing we have a really something which uh, you know we might be shady to each other we might pull a leg we might scratch their head or we might even cut their head off irrespective we always kind of share whatever we are kind of doing like you know if i'm getting uh, you know 10 things knowing from a certain place i share it with 10 more sisters of mine um, similarly so i think uh, the ideas of makeup tips tips are something which are quite easily been flown within the drag circuits or drag circles and uh, i think that is something which kind of changed me because uh, if you if you see the earlier uh, kind of drag looks i usually use a pantyhose and then right, one drag right. uh, drag sister of mine her name is miss behenji so she said like you know why aren't you kind of painting your face you can you you have a really good kind of gorgeous face why don't you kind of use makeup in in, in a far more different way so she taught me how to do a cut crease and uh, kind of uh, you know ensured like it was a live instagram live where, we, where i learned about cut crease and then i invested a little bit more on the products so uh, i can get a good kind of a uh, makeup uh, products and all that's how i think uh, i started painting a lot uh, even my partner says like you know nowadays you are just painting your face so much so often you're not trying anything different or anything kind of new but i think um, that gave a little bit of a practice like for the past few uh, times i was i was kind of doing uh, uh, a concept shoots about multiple pride flags or you know something about uh, uh, you know how a pers- how a normal kind of uh, you know uh, women can be seen or what is the exaggerated ideas of wigs and so on and so forth so color palettes are something which are really interesting and i kind of put it across uh, sometimes the makeups are really wonderful which i kind of get amused by myself and sometimes it's like really shitty but even that amuses me and i think uh, it's just the practice which which kind of helped me in running the brush um, however i really am kind of interested in in making it shabby even more i want it like you know uh, i i my inspirations of drag are somebody like charity case or uh, disasterina who do this like you know like uh, are really kind of a specific style of makeup they have a branding of their own so i wanted to kind of crack that code and uh, that is uh, the process which i am as of now and whatever i'm doing till then is is just a trial and error i see that's that's interesting and uh, no this is a uh... I was actually go- it's interesting you say that this is just like common knowledge and that's shared around mm-hmm. in the community um because I was actually going through your website dragwanti.com uh, mm-hmm. and there's also like a drag designers group mm-hmm. right I-, I don't know how active it is but mm-hmm. you know it's interesting to know that these groups exist and you exchange information because uh, you know it's obviously you know skills that you can learn mm-hmm. um but since we're here um could you tell us more about what dragwanti is and what you're trying to do with it because i've been going through it mm-hmm. and it seems very interesting mm-hmm. um so what's the idea there with it so uh so when i was a classical dancer there was this wonderful website called as nartaki.com which is like all right. classical dances uh, are listed over there there is events everything which is happening it's a, it's a kind of all grown google I for see. any classical dancers like indian classical dancers you'll find every damn thing about who is performing where everything in that particular website so um, it was easier for me to kind of pick up or learn about dance uh, in a non performative way like i was able to learn about the history of it or you know things like that uh, but when i came to kind of do drag there's no resource there's only interviews and interviews of people uh, and even these interviews are like uh, really kind of a same kind of a question so when did you come out why are you doing drag what is drag and those are really kind of a same questions uh, each of these conversations are basically centered on how we adapted drag from the west 
so uh, that was a little bit bothering i thought like you know and we didn't have a count of how many drag queens are there you know in india and uh, if i have to reach out to somebody in delhi or mumbai people don't know so i think uh, it was really important for us to collaborate or kind of bring a space where people will know okay this person is performing here this person is here this person is here so that mapping of drag artists was really important so that we can encourage local drag artist in their own spaces like if mumbai is hosting an event they don't have to bring people from other cities because they can bring mumbai queens or if if for chandigarh is doing an event they can they can kind of support their own local scenes right. that's how the the drag would glow global you know kind of all across india it will grow yeah. as it's as it's kind of been project present you know uh, yeah projected yeah, so yeah. now the problem with uh, the numbers or the the kind of uh, you know people who are there that was something which was there build up and that's the time i realized it was really important for me to kind of um, create a space where it gives all the information which are, which a drag queen requires uh, it gives a number of drag queens in india and the number is really important because tomorrow if i have to propose that you know you should make drag as a consideration for uh, you know any kind of a national award um you need to know how many numbers of the the artists are there in 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 that country so um, that's why i started having the numbers as well so there was a directory the initial idea was the directory post that i started kind of engaging audience with uh, you know insights about indian drag scenes like what is laundana how many drag artists are there in india yeah, uh, what yeah. are the local scenes of hyderabad the local scenes of bombay what is the folk art form theater and drag and so on and so forth so that is how the uh, you know that is how I kind of thought of bringing the knowledge into the system so it it became a website where i had a vision about a directory uh, interviews of drag queens uh, a list of uh, you know commonly used words a vocabulary of indian drag you know like uh, you know how the yeah. in indian drag will interact uh, the difference between folk drag as well as the neo drag or the new drag which they are doing so these are some of the pointers which i had i created multiple pages on that and currently looking into one particular uh, you know segment which is like a drag school a e school like you do me where people can go out and learn about a certain tips or tricks so that is one point which i'm kind of looking at or kind of expanding it over uh, it it's a long time you know i'm having conversations it's been 2 years so far but it might go even more so uh, that is the the end vision of it like i want to create a online space for drag where they can see a lot of content and kind of drive it across that's that's really interesting to know i'm sorry abba pulling the rug from under your feet <laughs> constantly um no that's uh, that's that's really interesting to know so you're basically indexing all the the drag kings and queens in india um that's yeah because it is it is true because there are so many things that unless you're actively talking to people it's just uh, so difficult to know right mm. like um uh even for something as simple as say hair removal hmm. like you know if you use wheat <laughs> if you use that chemical stuff hmm. depending on your skin it will burn the shit out of you hmm. and like you know it's a very small thing right hmm. like if you if you are uh, you know doing it on a regular basis you'll know hmm. but if it's the first time you're doing it you won't know right yeah. um but that's interesting um because i really like the website as well it's there's so much information <laughs> there right mm-hmm. and there's you know uh, potentially you know groups of people who can come together and you know discuss very specific things right mm-hmm. um but you know you mentioned something about you know starting off uh, you mentioned classical dance and uh, uh, it's indexing i'm also wondering like when you're planning a drag performance uh, is it 
do you start off with the basis of dance and then add drag elements to it or how how do you exactly create a drag performance that is something that i've been curious to know so it you know i basically do four kinds of it like i categorize right. every opportunity or every event to four basic things now uh, firstly i need to understand what is the audience and how much is the space which i can kind of get in for online i don't have much of the space to kind of explore sure, sure. uh but as uh, for offline events yeah i do have a space like uh, you know i know this much long performance has to go or this much short you know the 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 capacity of audience who will be coming so those are some pointers which i have so basically i, I do four kinds of performances one is obviously dance uh, you know because i believe that dance is something which is really kind of energetic as well as brings the audience uh, second is um, you know i kind of sing like you know if it's online right. performances yep. that's when i have to diversify it uh, kind of ensure that i'm not giving them uh, you know a person moving somewhere but i need to give them i want them to stick to the uh, screen however uh, also enjoy the performance so that becomes easier for me folk music becomes easier for me to kind of attract people over there uh there is certain performances which i do which are conceptualized on the part of the event for example if i'm doing um, you know uh, a, an event for uh, for example aids control so uh, that's when i'll create a performance according to it if i'm doing a, a, a performance for uh, mental health issues i will i will do something which is which is not basically you know kind of dance as in dance but it's uh, it's a theater kind of a you know space is a performance art where i will ensure that i'm poking the audience's mind and telling that okay this is an action which you need to do so there are certain kind of such performances which i do uh, regularly and uh, the last one is basically like you know if i'm curating the event i will just start with a performance you know irrespective if it's a dance or a music and then i'll kind of leave it to the audience like you know they ask me and i will kind of do it so one is a really flexible one and now i'm stand up comedy it's just like normal going get and talking so these are basic um, i i think basic types of uh, you know spaces Uh, each variety of the performance has each uh, has its own space i can't do a singing event in a in a in a bar or a club because that doesn't sink in the the, the crowd will beat me out of shit right. so i think i need to ensure that i'm bringing a dance number over there when i'm doing something which is online uh, because of the space restrictions music becomes the easiest part for me uh, so i kind of you know permutate and combinate uh, both of them and uh, use wherever the events are happening or you know accordingly And that's interesting dance music and now stand up like <laughs> this is this is going to be fun i i uh, can't wait for uh, the next few performances yeah. um actually i don't know if you've uh, ever seen uh, eddie izard perform um but eddie izard is among other, he's he's an actor as well mm-hmm. but among other things he's a stand up comic mm-hmm. and uh, he cross dresses and he performs in four different languages oh. and uh, i think it's just amazing uh he had an unsuccessful uh, run as an mp in the uk as well but uh, i think it's just amazing the kind mm-hmm. of uh, uh stuff that he performs mm-hmm. but yeah i really can't wait to see what other performances come in from that but uh yeah i you know i also wanted to quickly ask you you know you mentioned you've kind of stopped curating stuff for now but you know in the past also very recently you've been curating and you know even generally the cuisine in hyderabad has been making some very interesting events right like there was uh, i think most recently there was a queer film festival hmm. there was i think uh, i don't know if it's still open but the people's choice cafe had like a queer speed dating thing mm-hmm. or something yeah. of that sort um 
so how how do you think uh, the events are diversifying or not in Hyderabad and where do you see that going because if it's comedy i know there's an open mic there's a show hmm. if it's anything related to drag hmm. you know it's a little less clear obviously one thing hmm. is that it's an it's a very free art form hmm. but that just means it's as an audience it's kind of hard for me to uh pigeonhole it right mm. like you know into what exactly it is so mm. how do you think what kind of events do you think uh you know you would like to curate or you would like to see even if you're not curating mm-hmm. what do you think is the options there so i think the best part of hyderabad and especially the best part of queer community in hyderabad is we are all thinking minds and we kind of do it in an actionable way like for example uh, you know um, there are certain groups and certain people uh who do events which are like far more different from each other and the beauty of it is like uh, you know we bring our own ideas or sensories and we we do something which is kind of new uh, like for example queer film festival it was done it was being done it has been happening for a long time though but yeah. this year uh, you know the 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 vision or the people who kind of became on board uh where so much of diverse from last to last years is what i could see um in in the very you know certain space like there is a director who actually ensures that poor film festival happen in hyderabad uh, there is a certain group uh, which actually ensures that there is events like uh, hugging uh, or queer hugs or uh, queer marathon happens uh, in hyderabad there is the people who actually ensures that there are the speed dating happens and uh, there are there are people who kind of break the ideas of uh, you know regular events like mobara foundation with whom i kind of regularly associate with so mobara's uh, idea was to kind of uh, they would they would definitely have events like events are something which has been there but if there is an event which is happening and if they they are if i kind of see okay there's a situation there's a, there's an idea that kinds of blossoms up like for example the the street shows which we did like we had covered around 21 open public spaces in hyderabad uh, where we did the open awareness about hiv and it was a collaboration between mobara foundation and uh, tsax telangana state aids control department so initially it was one particular uh, flash mob which was to happen in ravindra bharti but uh, the idea what we kind of bought is like why should we do it on, only in one place why can't we do it in public spaces again it's a government which is involved why can't we utilize them for a better cause so we gave around 21 list of places which we want to perform they gave us a gadi and they said sit inside we'll roam around the city that's how the the, the idea happens so that is something which uh, mobilizes me basically kind of uh, you know looks into they are they are a mob of people who kind of does a lot of flash mobs uh, so we bring like, there are multiple people bringing multiple essence of whatever they believe in to the community of hyderabad and that's why it's so diverse now for me when it comes i always have a concentration on things which are personal to me like uh, i did buy pan festival because i was buy and pan i was not uh, ensuring i was not aware about the buy and pan situation so that was a that was a i would say um, a lack and then an answer to it or a question and then an answer to it um i also did something called as uh, the indian drag conference where i kind of it's an online event where we had six multiple drag artists coming together and having a conversation so this was also a uh, you know a question and then an answer so i think uh, these events kind of click in because it has a you know it has a purpose driven uh, so one of the event which i'm kind of really looking into is a drag film festival i'm not sure when exactly will happen but that is something where i want to curate five or six drag movies together and where people can come watch together and kind of you know enjoy it uh, apart from that i also had a, a, a kind of a 
vision about doing a you know drag story album in hyderabad like we did a lot of storytelling festivals and and drag storytelling in hyderabad like it was also a part of hyderabad lit festival and all but a, a drag story hour is something which is done by the the drag story hour uk there are certain kind of books which a drag queen will go and read to schools and colleges uh, so i think uh, that is the interesting uh, uh, you know i think uh, idea which i have as well i also want to do a all drag uh, flash mob which is like all the queens are like all all of them are drag queens going and doing a flash mob that would be kind of really interesting so these are some of these um, you know pointers or ideas which i have uh, but i think i will leave it for destiny like when and how exactly it happens because an event uh, usually you have an idea but you don't know when exactly it gets curated so i think i will kind of uh, believe in that and i really love the vibe of hyderabad queer communities because uh, we always try to do different like uh, very recently there was a polyamorous workshop which happened uh, by a wonderful people and uh, you know similarly there are a lot of other events which are happening as well so it's really um, good to see a lot of people coming together and uh, uh, you know bringing the perspective uh, of multiple things yeah that's that's interesting and um, always good to hear that uh, yeah man i'm i'm all for a for a drag film festival Uh, I can think of four movies off the top of my <laughs> head, um, in in like order of escalation. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, but that's uh, so the so just so the drag story art is something like uh, a, a drag king queen goes to like a public space and just reads a book, or is it is it like a specific uh, book? Like what is the idea there? So basically, drag story art became as a part to induce uh, the queer representation or queer. understanding within kids like uh, you right, know I see. it's basically either a collaboration within a library like initially in, in, i think in us you have libraries which are kind of public but yes. that kids kind of come in and kind of have a conversation or you know like the, those were the ideas but it also kind of adapted in schools like indian drag story or the indian chapter of it which is done by keshav sri foundation they uh, you know i kind of worked with them for one particular uh, event where uh, Uh, you know they bring a certain school together and they we ask and go and perform in a school that was also kind of really interesting the stories are again set of stories these are written by queer writers uh, who would go ahead and uh, you know write really simple simple stories uh, about uh, you know um, uh, inclusion about uh, you know not only inclusion of queer people but also inclusion of people who are pwds or, or uh, people who are from other spectrums of the society so those stories are something which are really kind of um, Uh, i would say well written and well pictureized and there's an activity book there's a, there's an entire program which has been there so um yeah i'm looking into that as a as a part like hyderabad definitely needs there are a lot of schools which are uh, in here who kind of would be more than happy to kind of listen to it and you know be a part of it and especially right now when the situations are really bad like recently there was a 12 years old uh, death of a person in faryabad uh, dps uh, so i think uh, these kind of events ensures that those situations doesn't happen like you know both uh, a change in what we are kind of presenting to the children also uh, you know giving them the open space like i still remember i did a tedx talk for a school but when i walked into the school in, in my drag people were like um, you know they were curious teachers were curious everybody were curious it gave me a conversation to kind of tell you know this is how it should be like uh, similarly when when i was kind of going and doing a college talk there was a couple of kids who kind of reached out to me telling that you know i am far as a queer i can't come out in my in my school or so on, you know so on and so forth that becomes a safe space for people so i think uh, why kind of restrict your art to a certain uh, you know box 
why can't you open it to you know all kind of sections and especially in education so that that helps uh, a lot of people who are at that point in time yeah definitely yeah we should uh, you know start kids young i mean they should you know they shouldn't wait uh, you know until uh, they're in their 20s to start hmm. figuring things out and obviously um that's interesting um you know you didn't mention the 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 film festivals but i am curious have you um i've i've have you seen the recent spate of uh queer movies that bollywood has been making <laughs> uh quote and quote and uh, i mean i, I don't i i don't uh, w- i don't watch them because you know i uh, you know there's so much better things to watch but um, you know i'm just curious what you think about it i'm i'm just kind of extending this sentence because patroni is just having water <laughs> uh, so as soon as he's done <laughs> yeah. yeah so what do you what do you think about it like i think uh, you know um i don't know how can i kind of put it across uh, uh, so but basically um there was a don't time hold when, back. <laughs> yeah there was a time when we didn't have any kind of a queer representation um and then there was a queer comedy like queer people were thrown on comedies uh, which is kind of a blatant situation uh and then came uh, spaces where or movies where uh, cisgender person going ahead and doing a, a queer uh, you know especially trans roles uh and then there is a you know there's a whole kind of uh, i would say a uh, a tokenistic representation of queer people having said that uh, you know uh, i i am really kind of a person who is really uh, put my goggles to kind of see uh, what exactly is wrong why you know, I, i usually call it out like that is what my persona is like you know if i see somebody going and doing a certain thing i'm i'm always up for calling it out and saying that okay this is this is somebody whose representation is not correct and uh, this is somebody who's stepping up a queer space and so on and so forth having said that for at, at at a point in time i realized why am i doing it or why i i'm kind of blocking that it's because i am not getting space or is it because uh, you know like uh, who am i to kind of gatekeep a community so i thought in that way like uh, for me when i kind of came in uh, you know when when i was growing in i was never been gate gatekeeping so that's why i had a space for involvement but any kind of gatekeeping is uh, kind of doesn't kind of draw attention uh, you know to the subject now the only problem which i see with bollywood is like yeah definitely there are good stories like uh, there are tokenistic representations but their stories are there they are at least putting those words directly they are saying okay lesbian gay if i'm taking my parents and asking them to watch it they know okay what is a lesbian what is a gay they are explaining it in a far more different way uh, however there are certain rules which we shouldn't be broken like for example casting a transgender person for a transgender role that is really important the reason because uh, a trans person can't play uh, you know a cisgender person like cisgender heroine a trans woman can't be a cisgender heroine because you can't put your money uh, in in that but that is what their notion is like you know we can't put a money on a trans person that is what they will come up with so they are not opening a space for a straight heteronormative uh, you know straight, uh, to represent straight heteronormative stories by a trans person similarly uh, on the vice versa they don't want to cast a trans person as well because they see that there is no kind of a story like you are not giving the cis roles you are not giving a trans roles so what exactly is the role you are giving in and sushant quote sir sushant digwijikar they quote uh, this uh, in a wonderful way like you know are, do you expect transgender persons to be trans trees so <laughs> i think those are some of the things which we need to kind of recheck having said that when it comes to queer stories like you know a, a gay story or a bisexual story or a uh you know a lesbian story there is yeah definitely a scope where a cisgender person can do because it's a cisgender role 
having said that if you kind of give it to a, um, a queer person at least they would get a definite uh, you know you can give it to a queer actor you know somebody there are a lot of queer actors who are open uh, right now and there are a lot of queer actors who, who do square roles only like you know i think uh, across all the languages and across all the you know uh, movie uh, spaces so i think why can't you give them the chance uh, you know that would make it far more uh, easier for the queer people to empower like there should be a benefit right by the end of the movie it's just not the producers but there should be also a benefit for the queer community as a whole so encourage a queer artist in in place of encouraging somebody who's already established so i think that might be one of the notion having said that are we going into a better place yeah because uh, you know constantly calling out bollywood helps in ensuring that they are making a good decision but um, I'm not interested in Bollywood anymore because I want to kind of clean a lot of mess which is there in Telugu industry and uh Bollywood is right now in a good track as compared to tel- Telugu industry we are still stuck in 1990s where we are still kind of go ahead and uh, poke comedy on queer people women uh, you know slap women kind of uh, uh, use uh, words which are triggering in their movies uh, so those are the problems which I'm kind of focused because definitely bombay has a lot of uh, you know people who are who are definitely putting stronger voices and i think there's a lack of stronger voices in the southern part especially hyderabad or telugu industry i think i want to kind of you know divert my energy into that that's interesting i hadn't even thought about the telugu film industry uh, and uh, representation here uh, because honestly like the last time Tel- i'd watched and enjoyed telugu movies was uh, actually not in the 90s but i think early 2000s mm-hmm. when the athadus and janilia disuza was still acting and mm-hmm. I-, i really like those but after mm-hmm. a while like i i don't know which movie it was that i went to watch uh, not singam i don't know why i remember <laughs> the name but one of those movies and i just i just couldn't enjoy it like i used to like watching uh, telugu movies i don't understand a lot of telugu but i like watching telugu movies as well but mm. Yeah, I haven't watched many any recent Telugu movie at all. So it's just uh, yeah, well, all the best with that. Uh, I'm sure they'll be receptive and open. <laughs> I don't think so. The thing is, uh, it, yeah, I'm it, sure they won't. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a problem now. The, the problem is like my entire family watches Telugu movies, and I don't watch. Right now, when I walk in uh, to a film uh, which is homophobic, which is transphobic in the very first place with my family. uh it becomes a really difficult part for me to kind of at least sit in the space like you know uh yesterday or day before yesterday I was just counting how many transphobic movies are there in telugu and the count is 50 and yeah, those are the movies post, yeah. which i which i saw uh now uh there is a format of it like you know there are three things which a telugu movie will consider to be a biggest hit one show misogyny like there should be at, at least two or three rape scenes which are happening yeah. uh, you know hero going and slapping a heroine or kind of falling you know that is uh, that is the you know, kind of a catch point and then second mock a queer person or queer intent um these are like subtle subtle things which are they are kind of showing like you know a bar is been opened and there are the that around two gay men kissing on the other side the camera quickly focuses the whole kinds of laughs at once and then they kind of take it back so these are utter problems which are been there even when it comes to the conversation of representation um the industry is majorly looking into type casting people like you know they don't want to cast a gay couple uh, or, or you know they don't want to cast somebody who is uh, who is bisexual because bisexual stories are kind of you know straight stories which they don't want to kind of go ahead and dig in uh, they want to see that you know if you are casting a trans woman uh, this trans woman should look manly 
and not somebody who's effeminate in their own way, who's comfortable in their body. Uh, there is uh, also a kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, situations like, you know, if it's a gay person whom we are kind of casting, they should not be a lip kiss or they should not be any kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, they should both be manly enough. They should have a good kind of a physique and a body. So these are some of the things which they're kind of putting terms and conditions to. And I think it will not progress at all. Like, you know, at least the dubbings, for example, uh, Fame Game was something which I was watching the other day. And I was uh, I was watching in Telugu because uh, my partner was listening to it. It's just a simple dubbing. The movie is short. There's a huge amount of queer representation. Uh, there is this wonderfully communicated messages in the Hindi movie. But when it's been dubbed in Telugu, there are utter blunders. Like, you know, uh, using K-word for a transgender person was so kind of a bullshit and, you know, so kind of boiling. I just wanted to kind of scream at the dubbing artist and say that, don't you know to use a better language? So that is the problem. That is kind of a huge, uh, I would say, a huge situation which has been there. And um, I don't know, like, uh, are people not listening to it or are, uh, um, you know, are our avenues not happy with, uh, you know, like giving us the spaces to talk with the directors? I even approached a couple of directors telling that why can't I go and do a gender sensitization workshop for you for free? You don't yeah. give me money. At least I don't have to go through this pain, uh, you know, like uh, of going ahead and watching it. So um, I think uh, even those conversations are not happening. There are... There, you know, the intensity of queer phobia is so much in Telugu industry that, you know, it was, there was a wonderful event organized by a Telugu industry, uh, you know, a person uh, where I was going and performing in drag. The person didn't kind of step up towards me to take a picture because they thought like if they're taking a picture, that person would be labeled as a, you know, a homosexual or, a, you know, heterosexual. Oh my God. Uh, oh. And then uh, they just walked off. You know, they just didn't take a picture. They, they said, I won't, don't want to take it. And then they just walked off. So I think this is the this is the amount of queerphobia which has been there. And that is a, a little bit problem. Yeah, wow. I uh, <laughs> Bollywood is doing pretty well in comparison. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was not expecting that. Uh, like my uh, my main thing is I hate sad queer stories like just just mm. no more yeah. like uh like i think um like modern family had a very nice uh mm. happy example um you know tales of the city had nice you know people living in the city mm. they're also queer but like you know they have a life yeah. like other things are happening mm. and that's the focus um in fact you know there was this very shitty show called slasher uh, mm -hmm. which is just an English TV show on uh, on like slasher movies. Mm -hmm. And uh, in one of their seasons, uh, the main guy who gets like killed and then there's the story around them, like he's by. Mm -hmm. And like it was such a, it's it's there, it's a plot point, mm -hmm. but it is, it's handled very well. It's not tokenistic. Mm -hmm. It's there. It's a central part of the story. Mm -hmm. But the main focus is on why this guy gets killed. Right. Mm. And it's a slasher show. Mm -hmm. But this is a nice addition to a slasher show. So I really like that. Even mm. though the TV show is shit. Don't watch mm -hmm. it. No one watch <laughs> slasher ever. But, you know, that was something I liked. You know, it's not like, uh, oh my, like 
call me by your name i i did yeah. not like it it's too it's sad just, yeah too sad too sad why every every quest like the queer film festivals as well where i go and watch uh, out of 20 shows or 20 movies which are being screened uh, there would be around 15 movies which are again either brutal or, or kind of somebody chopping their head off or somebody going through uh, you know a really difficult um, you know triggered conversations of uh, you know transphobia or a sad ending like you know either somebody killing themselves or uh, somebody throwing the other person into something yeah. some kind, so those are the lines of things which are kind of doing but uh, i think you know like uh, people are bored with those like that's why you know even queer movies which are having a sad ending is not selling anymore that's uh, true. especially in you know bollywood where we see if there is a sad ending they will not go and watch so uh, i think that is a change which is happening and that's why these the um, ultra urban movies are something which started up like you know shubh mangal zyada savdhan or uh, the uh, badhai do yeah. the reason why they kind of started up is because they are bored with telling those kind of stories and uh, they thought like this is a new version where they can kind of educate people or masses um, so that you know the, the the change of plot has definitely come uh, now if telugu industry will kind of pick up queer stories they will first go and check the things which are really sad or they you know that is the mentality like we are growing so slow uh, you know somebody has to go and give them a booster so that they can think in a far more different way but having said that um, I, you know i don't watch queer movies which are sad uh, it's so kind of uh, you know triggering in multiple levels uh, and i will just walk off uh, to that and i will say that it's not working out and change has also happened like um, you know even queer people don't watch queer movies which are sad ending apart from rupaul's drag race but rest <laughs> 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 everything is fine yeah i i totally agree with that um you know i know we've talked for a long time but before i wrap up uh, i just wanted to um, you know you were also talking about the the story r and um, you know you you said you were from kharagpur mm. and um, so i studied there <laughs> and um, you know kharagpur had a queer support group called ambar ambar yeah and um, lots of lots of uh, you know engineering colleges now have you know a queer support group even if some of them are you know largely like uh, you know students are doing it so they have something on their cv hmm. it's fine you know hmm. i mean i i don't begrudge them that yeah. do you think that you know these are like good initiatives and what do you think like uh, is that a good point of entry for say uh, you know uh, like the drag education or you know gender sensitization do you think these are good points of entry have you had any experience with them because i know just one and i know the one at khadakpur was really great yeah. uh, because it was started by you know very uh, nice people and uh, it continued yeah. uh, but i'm not sure uh you know have you ever come across them and what's your experience been like so i think uh, you know when i was in college uh, i didn't want to start a group of queer people but i wanted to do an event which was based on the theme of uh, queerness in its own self i kind of proposed it to my uh, my counterpart as well as principal and he said like you know this is so much uh, you know it's it's kind of so much different which we might not kind of encourage such kind of things that's something which i remember uh post that i kind of came in a, you know this entire saga of uh, you know being queer and all that thing kind of started uh after that i kind of got recently like because of the covid and all i'm getting a lot of conversations a lot of um, college students you don't even know these colleges uh, you right. know there's some college in chennai there's some college in uh, you know delhi everybody has a gender campaign cell they are kind of coming here and they're saying that you won't believe uh, there was one particular event by uh, you know i don't remember the college name uh, they were like 
10 people following up 10 different queer people you know and each and every time I get in call with uh, another drag artist from the other city they were like did you get this message from this particular college <laughs> and that's how we kind of go and that's huge you know that that's how they are kind of digging into stories yeah. as well which is wonderful um, even if it's a straight people you know I okay let, let's not assume that they are straight but let, let's even think that okay in the bad situation they are straight uh, there would be one queer person who would at least know listen to somebody's conversation uh, in their late 40s they might come out as bisexual or you know might be come out as gay and so on and so forth so that is completely fine i think uh, at least we are we are doing our work the, the gender campaign cells are really striving to kind of do this on a regular basis now it's a high time we kind of you know dig a little bit downer to schools um, and uh, there are there are organizations which are doing it in the rural schools like you know i worked for one organization called a switch where uh, there are a lot of uh, you know queer one on one sessions in uh, in schools and all um, whereas uh, when it comes to uh, you know the the international schools they are still not open they still doesn't want to have that conversation so that is something which is uh, which need to be broken the bubble need to be broken as well which is very weird because if you are an international school doing <laughs> the gcses or whatever hmm. Uh, I mean, you should be more open to this because you're, you're training your student to go to whatever, right? Mm. An international university or whatever, right? Mm. And uh, if, I mean, <laughs> better start them early because once they go there, it's like they are a much op more open society. Mm. So, And I think the reason why the colleges are majorly in this particular focus at this point in time is because where will the colleges go after their college is done to corporates? And what are the corporates doing? They are inclusive right on the front of the face. Like, you know, uh, the corporates which I worked, uh, majority of them kind of openly call out that they are inclusive of LGBTQI plus people. There are events which they are happening. So they this, this model of... You know, being and fitting into that space is uh, something which has been groomed within the colleges itself. So somebody who's a part of a gender, uh, you know, um, for example, uh, gender campaign cell in a in a certain school or certain college, when they are going ahead uh, into a corporate like, uh, you know, Deloitte or, uh, you know, Faxit, where they have open uh, conversations about queer identities or, you know, where, where there are individuals who are queer, kind of go and take the onus of interviewing the students. So the... For them, it would be easy catch point for okay. They are aware about it. They are they are uh, they are understanding the inclusive aspect of it. So they would be the fit for the company. So that is how the uh, idea idea of uh, including it in college kind of came in. But when it comes to schools, there is no bridge so far. Like you know, uh, unless and until um, there are colleges which say that we are kind of inclusive, we are kind of doing it. That's when they are that bridge is not happening. Also, when it comes to the international schools, the international scene within schools are so kind of bad. Like currently in US, there's no no gay, um, say no gay bill which is being passed where, uh, you know, there are restrictions of uh, students to kind of open up about their sexuality to the teachers. And if they go and do it, they will be, you know, the teachers have the onus of going and telling it to the parents. So it's not a safe space. And multiple other registrations, are, you know, uh, registrations kind of going ahead in US and UK, um, basically about, school, you know, schools and sexuality rights and all. So um, now uh, the Indian, uh, like the, the international school doesn't want to step into it. Like, uh, you know, because they are also kind of somewhere bound with uh, the education system in US as well as UK. They don't want to copy that and they want to go into controversies in, in that earlier states. So I think that is a little bit of a problem. Um, having said that, um, the beauty of rural is like they're open, they're listening. Um, yeah. And I still remember I was doing a wonderful uh, you know, session with, uh, you know, urban schools from a really, you know, village uh, of Shrikakulam, which is a you know, far yeah, more yeah. space. And uh, to my utter surprise, 
um, when I tell them that a gay person is a man who is interested in the man, they will not come back and ask question, how will this happen? <laughs> they will just say that, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, they love themselves, they should be in their, their own space. So that is the beauty of, you know, the, the education which needs to be done. And uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, the school should pick up soon. And, uh, you know, more kind of conversations need to happen. Not an optional one. You don't give options to students to learn a certain thing. You should tell them this is what you need to learn. And that's when they will learn. I think that needs to be changed, even in colleges. Like, don't make it optional. Uh, ask them to kind of take it, uh, you know, or, you know, take it for granted. At least one particular subject, one particular class on gender and sexuality. And you will ensure that the, the, the idea of it is being transformed in the entire, uh, you know, country. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, yeah, so hopefully uh, schools will have more gender sensitization programs and uh, other uh, uh, programs. At least it's started in colleges hmm. and uh, hopefully we'll have a drag film fest in Hyderabad soon. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> and uh, hopefully uh, you're doing stand-up now, so maybe I'll see you at an open mic soon, <laughs> which will be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but before we finish anything, any events you want to plug in, we'll probably get this out in a week or so but mm -hmm. so i think uh, yeah no events though but um, yeah, kind of looking into a couple of uh, works which i'm kind of i'm writing a song which is again a telugu song telugu folk song on pronouns so hopefully that would be released by the end of april uh, also kind of uh, planning to do something on the transgender visibility day 31st of march uh, still in plans not fixed yet so that is something which i'm kind of hooking up as well Awesome, awesome. And all the Instagram handles will be in the description. So if you're listening to this, please uh, follow uh, Patruni uh, on Instagram and uh, you won't regret it. Uh, with that, that's been the Hyderabad Hiccup. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming, Patruni. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, see you guys later. <laughs>